Welcome to Buy This Comic, the show that implores you to support the sequential arts not with Instagram likes, but with your cold hard cash. I'm your host, Jason Mojica, and this week we're joined by Jerome Gaynor. Hello, Jerome. Hello, Jason. Nice to talk to you today. <laughs> and to you. Uh, Jerome is the creator of Sonia Strani, and he'll correct my pronunciation on that. It's a self-published comic, and it's out now. We'll talk to Jerome all about it right after this brief word from our sponsor. Comics. They're not just for grown-ups anymore. Join the Hey Kids Comics Club, and every month we'll send you a new graphic novel for kids ages 6 to 10, plus a members-only zine with lots of fun stuff in it. Go to heykidscomics.net to learn more. So, for starters, how am I pronouncing this? Uh, you didn't do too bad. Um, Sonia Strani, maybe a little roll with the R, but uh, that takes practice for most uh, Americans to perfect. So, And what does Sonia Strani, oh, I can't do it, Sonia Strani, uh, what, is, what does that mean and, and what's the book all about? Uh, it just means strange dreams. In, and uh, yeah, I just, I just named it that because it was more interesting than strange dreams and I was studying Italian, so. So, yeah, describe the, the book, how to, I keep, I'm looking for a word that sounds less uh, pejorative than conceit. I was going to say, what's, con, what's the conceit of the book? Uh, yeah, yeah. How, t- tell me what's about the, the book. What's the intention Just, of the book? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give me the artist's statement. <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is this book about? Um, well, I'm terrible at having concise uh, conceptions of my work, such as our typically described in artist statements, but uh, I'll try to describe it. Um, So I just, uh, I sort of spontaneously started writing my dreams down when I was in college. Um, I, um, at at the time that I was in college, it was the first time in my life that I was not waking up with an alarm clock. And I, Mm -hmm. and I noticed that when I woke up slowly, um, I had a much greater ability to remember my dreams. And so I started writing them down in uh, a notebook I kept by my bed. Um, And at that time I was producing mini comics and just writing a lot of little comics about my life. And one day it just occurred to me, oh, I should need to make a comic about this dream because it's so funny and cool. So I I started making comics, little one page, two page comics about my dreams uh, a long time ago when I was in college. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, and then recently, I, I just kind of got the urge to, I had, a, I had a very epic, particularly epic dream a couple of years ago that I was able to write down. I mean, it was like, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and wrote like nine pages of, <laughs> uh, of, of the events of this dream. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty intense experience. And the next day I thought I need to make a comic of this dream, but, um, but that would have made it the most ambitious comic project I've ever done. So I kind of dug in and I spent about uh, six or eight months drawing, drawing this big dream. Um, and I loved how it turned out and I decided to put it out as a book. So, um, and then um, I guess uh, I realized I had a lot of other dream material, sort of images that I saw in my dreams. And so I decided to wrap it all together in a book. So it's um, so conceptually it hangs together with the concept of dreams and it's, uh, various comics and images from dreams. Gotcha. Now, I will say one of the most annoying things in the world 
is people telling you about their dreams. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's often, usually, totally almost always <laughs> terrible because <laughs> the stories yeah. are so convoluted, but also because people don't really even remember them and they realize that as they're trying to describe this thing to you. Yeah. And there's, you know, a nonsensical nature to the dream that is just kind of purely emotional. And, you know, you can only, you had to be there <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But I will say that your book is, is not at all like that it, to my great surprise and, uh, <laughs> and delight. Uh, it, it really works. And I think it, maybe it's something about, uh, well, a having drawings to go with it. B that you have actually meticulously, you know, taken notes about those dreams fresh after waking up. Um, but also I think maybe even just the sequential art, the, the, the jump cut from panel to panel just seems quite dreamlike in terms of, uh, you, you know, your own brain has to kind of fill in the gap from how we got from this panel to this panel. And it's easy to get into the groove and go along for the ride. It's pretty great. Thank you. That's really nice uh, to hear because, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Listening to someone tell you their dream is kind of like listening to someone tell you about like a drug trip or something like that. You know, you kind of have to be there. Like, you know, uh, the feeling you had while you were in it is most of it. Right. So like just like when you just describe it, it, it means almost it's like looking at a picture of a sunset or something. You know, you just you, you can't you can't get it. Um. I'm, I was fortunate enough to, to attend a, a, a few Linda Berry workshops in the last couple of years. And she, she has something to say about telling people dreams. She said, if you want to tell someone your dream, just tell them that they were in the dream <laughs> and like tack that on, like even if they weren't, and they'll be fascinated. That's the only way to make someone excited to hear about your dream is if you tell them they, they were in the dream. So I, the way I see dreams is that they, I think that they are, um, I, th I think that people are sort of um, inherently have a very strong, like, I hate to use the word, but like sort of a mystical nature, you know, like I, I think that like prior to modern times, people lived their life in, in a, in a way where like the mystical component of existence was much more in the fore than, than we have, you know, and mm -hmm. I think considering how, how naturally we are that way, um, it's, it's actually pretty remarkable that modern life has succeeded in, uh, eliminating that as well as it has um and i and i believe that like dreams are one of the few ways that we have sort of authentically accessing the sort of like mysterious weird kind of scary eerie kind of part of our our of our lives or of ourselves you know mm -hmm. um and i think that um like and i think this is i think yeah. And so, um, so I think that's, that's just this, I, some, I think that dream, <clears throat> let me start again. Mm -hmm. I think that dreams are a really good way of, or I think that dreams are sort of our subconscious, our brain's way of like insisting upon some sort of mystical experience, you know, like you might go through your whole day as like a scientist or a office worker, but like when you sleep, your brain kind of like insists that you at least experience something a bit weird and magical in your day or something mm -hmm. like that, you know? So that's one of the reasons I love dreams um, is just, just the, the, the pure joy of having a feeling that's a bit strange, you know, that you're, that you're, you know, that you're living something that isn't just sort of a dull routine existence. Um, 
the other thing I really love about uh, dreams is that if you really, if you're able to remember them clearly enough and write them down and look at them, they, they can potentially, I think, provide a lot of really fascinating insight into like your own, uh, your own subconscious, you know, and, mm -hmm. and by definition, your subconscious is sort of inaccessible to you, you know, so your brain has all these feelings and fears and thoughts and desires that, that you don't know about. <clears throat> And your dreams are one of the few ways of really sort of seeing a, a sort of metaphorical story about those fears mm -hmm. and desires. Um, and so, and so one of the things I try to do is kind of, uh, I do, I try to be, you know, almost a hundred percent faithful to the actual dream. You mm -hmm. know, sometimes I'll bend things just a little to make it hang together and have mm -hmm. a little more cohesion. But um, one of the things I'm trying to do is like actually tell the story in in a way that sort of that tells you a little bit about me and my subconscious you know and so i hope so my hope is that it's more interesting than a random series of images and sort of goofy things you know but that it actually hangs together as a bit of a psychological portrait or something yeah well what are some of the things you've learned about yourself <laughs> through your dreams or through this process <laughs> Well, uh, one one I talk about. So one of the one of the stories I I tell in the in my book Sony Strani is um, I actually talk about how I sort of discovered my this process of remembering and then sort of analyzing and and uh, making art from my dreams. Um, but I tell the story of um, of how I was at the time I was a pre med student. Um, I had been accepted to med school and was planning to attend med school. Uh, just a few months in the future. Um, and I, you know, I had misgivings, but I was pretty solidly on that track. Um, and then I just, I started having dreams where in the dream, I was like a mad scientist and, uh, and, and my friends, uh, a lot of my friends who I really, you know, was very close to at the time were sort of looking at me as if I were a monster, you know, they were like, like in the dream, I was sort of this like hunchbacked, like <laughs> twisted, mad scientist or something that had become this very rational, you know, cold, uh, cold person. Um, and so when I looked at that and, I, and then when I, when I, when I had the dream and looked at it, I realized that I actually felt that way about myself. And I, and, uh, and honestly, I mean, there were, there were a couple other reasons that I decided not to go to medical school, but, uh, but I credit that dream really with like <laughs> above all else with convincing me to make this like major and fairly and you know, in some ways, rather insane decision in life. Um, uh, because I feel like on an instinctual level, I recognized <clears throat> that this was like a bad decision for me, you know? Right, right. And were you drawing comics at the time? Yeah, yeah. That was something I I started doing, you know, as a, as a child, really. But but I was putting out, I was putting out mini comics and and you know, zines starting at about maybe around my freshman year of college or senior year of high school. So Gotcha. And what was your last book or published work before this? Um, prior to Sony Strani, um, the last book I put out was Bogus Dead, the, uh, the zombie comics anthology that I put out in 2005. Wow. So it's been a while. Yeah, it has <laughs> been a while. So yeah, you have some kind of sequential uh, retelling of dreams, but there's also a section uh, of the book devoted to these large single page uh, kind of 
self-encapsulated stories. Can you talk about those? Yeah, yeah. Um, those were part of a, an exhibit I did here at a, a, in St. Louis at a little art gallery around the corner um, from my house. Uh, there was a cafe that I would sit in. I used to sit and draw in a cafe before COVID. Um, and this guy, Tim Gabauer, who runs the gallery, would always kind of look over my shoulder and be like, man, those are great. And and one day he he asked me to put together an exhibit for the for the gallery. And so um, there had been a sequence of recurring dreams that I had about probably about 10 years ago. I started having this, this, this series of recurring dreams that were really interesting to me. And I and I would wake up and take notes on them. And um, not knowing anything about the process of writing a novel, I, I, I thought at the time that I really wanted to do a novel about these these dreams. But um, but I had so much material and I and I, I was kind of I don't know, for whatever reason, at that time, I was unable to make anything really coherent out of them. But mm-hmm. I kind of tucked it away in some notebooks. Um, and so I was thinking, like, what should I make my what should I make this exhibit about? And so I dug up these uh, these old notebooks and said, well, I'm not going to make a novel about these dreams, but um, maybe I can flip through them and find some really cool images and, and do some large scale drawings of the images in in these recurring dreams. And so what emerges is sort of like they're a bit disjointed from each other because they appear in various dreams, but they're all kind of hung together in, in a sort of a, a, you know, a loose narrative. Um, so it's it's a series of very finished, polished drawings that that comprise a timeline of a very poorly defined story. <laughs> so. Where in so you're in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, where in St. Louis can people get a copy of this book? Um, <laughs> actually, due to COVID, I haven't really put a lot of work into actually putting it in stores because I don't know if anyone's going to stores. Um, uh, there is a great comic store on South Grand, which is one of the one of the cool neighborhoods in St. Louis um, called Apotheosis Comics. And you know what? Right after this podcast, Jason, right after this interview, <laughs> I'm going to go up there and put those books in Apotheosis Comics on South Grand in St. Louis. That's the spirit. Doing it today. <laughs> And okay, so if you're in St. Louis, go over to Apotheosis Comics on South Grand. Is yep. there still good falafel on South Grand? I think it's the first place oh, I ever wow. had falafel. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Man, just that place Arsenal. we used to get falafels back then was really good. But uh, but there was another good falafel place, but it's not as good as that place. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not in St. Louis, uh, how do you obtain a copy of this book? Right. So I am a uh, my my. My day job is I, I build websites, but um, much like the uh, cobbler's children have no shoes, I actually <laughs> don't have my own website because I can't bear to make websites when I'm not at work. Um, but I did set up an Etsy shop so you can uh, you can you purchase my existing books on Etsy. Uh, the shop is called Jerome's Weird Brain. It's all one word. That's Jerome's with a Z, J-E-R-O-M-E-Z weird brain um and you can also probably search for sony srani which is probably even more difficult <laughs> to remember say, no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm a marketing wizard um but sony srani is spelled s-o-g-n-i space s-t-r-a-n-i so um yeah there's a nia in there as seen in words like gnocchi mm. <laughs> 
All right. Sonistrani. Uh, it's in at least one store by the time this <laughs> podcast airs, Apotheosis Books in St. Louis. Otherwise, go over to Etsy and uh, get your Italian English dictionary and, and look, look it up. Uh, you can get it there. Jerome Gaynor, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much, Jason. I really appreciate it. It's fun. And you listening in, please be sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and follow us on the social media. We are simply by this comic, all one word. Goodbye.